you're serving, you meet even more people. You meet, I mean, the parents, the kids, you get to know the kids. Um, they're so happy when they see you, they just light up and they, you know, they want to go to you and it's just so sweet and you get to sit and just chat with everybody, see how everybody's doing. Um, it's, it's so nice. We go out front drinking coffee, have an orange juice, they come up to the table, they get to meet each other and they meet new people that way. Seeing people come together, you know, they get their bagels or coffee and they kind of just meet each other and, and talk and uh, that's good to see. The benefits of serving is just uh, huge because your heart is so filled with joy when you work with children. Um, every single Sunday, 11 o'clock, teaching in here with these little first and second graders, just watching how they little light bulbs go on when they're catching the story. I love watching boys and girls leave this classroom knowing that God is real. You get to know a lot more people in the church. It starts to feel more like an active community rather than just a place you go on Sunday. It, uh, it makes it feel like a home. You know, there are several, several areas to serve. This is just one. This just happens to fit us. And if you find one and it's not your fit, um, Try something else, something that you know fits your talents and your abilities and your gifts. Once you do it, you're going to fall in love. It's so easy. You're going to look forward to it. You're going to say, oh, it's not my Sunday. Oh, okay. You'll, you're going to serve even more after that because you're just going to fall in love with it. Just go for it. Figure out that niche that is where you need to be. Just jump in, get in with a classroom, be a helper on the side. Just start watching how it all works. Be faithful and watch God be faithful back to you. Isn't that cool? Let's give them a hand. Awesome. Appreciate that, those testimonies. And uh, if you serve in any way in our church, I just want to thank you publicly. Thank you so much for serving and giving of yourselves. So much going on here at Orchard Church, and we really appreciate you serving. Maybe you don't serve. Uh, we want to invite you into this opportunity, uh, opportunity to be a part of what God is doing here at Orchard Church. You saw the testimonies. So you'll see an insert in your newsletter today. Uh, if you'd like to really be a part of this, just fill that out today and you can put that in the offering bucket as it goes by at the end of our service. And I hope those testimonies inspired you today. That's our prayer, that those testimonies inspired you to, to show you what God is doing in people's lives when they, when they serve. Because their words right there are powerful. And that's, that's what I want to talk about this morning is the power of our words. And more specifically, what Solomon's going to talk about in the book of Proverbs is the power of the tongue. So let's everybody turn to Proverbs chapter 18. Proverbs chapter 18. And we're continuing our series called Proverbs insights from a wise guy. We're going to get some wisdom today on the tongue and the words we say and the power of the tongue. So we're going to go to Proverbs 18 uh, verse 21. And I was, t I was studying and, and checking out, the, preparing this message this, more, or this week about the power of the tongue. And I found some facts about the tongue I thought I'd, I'd, I'd share. This is kind of interesting. Um, the first fact is the only muscle in the human body that works without any support of the skeleton is the tongue. I thought that was kind of interesting. Uh, here's one. If you don't keep your tongue clean, 
you have bad breath. So if someone has bad breath, um, you can offer them mint or gum or something like that, or you can just tell them to go clean their tongue, you know? Simple as that. Did you know that women, women have shorter tongues than men? Am I the only one that finds that ironic? Or? <laughs> and then also the tongue is the strongest muscle in the entire body. You ever heard this? The strongest muscle in the entire body is the tongue, but it's also the most sensitive muscle. How many bit their tongue this week? You know, you know, the, you know the, the power and the sensitivity of the tongue. But the tongue, that's what we're going to talk about, the power of the tongue. It's small, but it is mighty. It is very powerful. We're going to look at what, what Solomon tells us in Proverbs about the power of the tongue. So let's look at Proverbs 18, uh, verse 21. He sums it up really well in this verse. This will be our key text today. Death and life. Wow. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Everybody say death and life. That's heavy. We must never underestimate the power of the tongue. James 3 says the tongue is small, but it can make a huge difference in situations. He said, he said in James that it's like a fire and it cannot be tamed. It's small, but it's mighty and it's powerful. That's what we're going to talk about today. The power of the tongue. As we continue our series here in Proverbs, Solomon is going to give us three insights about the power of the tongue we're going to look at. And the first thing we need to understand is this. This is in your notes. That the tongue, my tongue, is a gift. My tongue is a gift. Now this morning, we're going to do a lot of turning. So if you get your Bibles ready, we're going to turn, turn uh, through Proverbs quite a bit. If you turn to Proverbs chapter 16, Proverbs chapter 16, we're going to check this out. The first thing is my tongue is a gift. Uh, chapter 16, verse 1. And it says this. The preparations of the heart belong to man, but the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. My tongue is a gift from God. The words that we say, it's a gift, okay? Now, even think about a child, their first word, parents. You remember your child's first word? My, my son, Josh, his first word, I want to proudly say, was dada. Dada. Jade, I think her first word, if I remember, was makeup, if I remember correctly. <laughs> or manicure or something like that. But, you know, even those first words and the words that we say, the tongue is a gift from God. And that's the overarching thing I want, to, I want us to remember this morning, that the tongue is a gift from God. And Solomon uses beautiful imagery uh, to display this here in Proverbs, uh, how it's a gift from God. And one of the questions I want to ask you keep in front of us is, okay, we know that the tongue is a gift from God, but is, is our tongue a gift to others? Are the words that we say a gift to others? And Solomon basically tells us, our words should be like a few things. And the first thing, this is in your notes, is my words should be like gold and silver. My words should be like gold and silver. Let's go back to our Bibles. If you'll turn over to Proverbs chapter 25. And we're just going to hang out in Proverbs this morning. Proverbs chapter 25. If you'll, if you'll turn over there. Chapter 25. And we're going to look at uh, verses 11 and 12. My words should be like gold and silver. This is what Solomon says. In verse 11. A word fitly spoken is like apples of what, church? Gold. In settings of silver. In verse 12, like an earring of gold and an ornament of fine gold is a wise rebuker to an obedient ear. 
When God gave us words, he went to Jared's. <laughs> or maybe to Tello's down the street. They're members of our church. Our words should be like gold and silver. They should be valuable. They should be a gift to others because they're a gift from God. And we need to make sure we craft our words carefully. Kind of like a jeweler. Crafting our words carefully. They should be like gold and silver. And let me ask you this morning. Are your words like gold and silver? Are your words a gift to others? Are they gold and silver? Here's the other thing Solomon. Another picture Solomon gives us. They should be like refreshing waters. Refreshing water. My words should be like refreshing water. If you will turn back to chapter 18. Proverbs chapter 18. Give you a moment to turn there. And we're going to look at verse 4. My words should be like refreshing water. And here's what Solomon says in verse 4. He said, the words of a man's mouth are deep waters. The wellspring of wisdom is a flowing brook. I played basketball in high school. And uh, I remember in practices, we used to end the practices with this horrific drill, a conditioning drill called the ladder. And basically by the end of the ladder, most of the guys were either laying on the floor or throwing up in the trash can. And all of us wanted water. You know, it's kind of like that, that guy in the desert, water, water, desperate for that water. And our words should be like refreshing water to people. People who are thirsty and desperate for wisdom people that want a blessing from our words. Our words should be like refreshing water. I remember um, I was probably, I can't remember how, I think it was 20 or 21, and uh, I was helping out in a church, and the youth pastor came to me and said, hey, would you speak to the youth department this, this Wednesday night? I had never spoke in my life. I was scared to death, and so I did. And I spoke, and it was horrible, everybody. It was an awful message, <laughs> just awful. But I used the Bible, okay? I spoke a message from the Bible. That was probably the best thing about it. And uh, I remember I offended uh, one of the teenage girls. And she went home and she was really mad at me, real ticked off at me. And her mom called me that night and just went off on me. I offended her daughter. So it really crushed me. I mean, it really did. It destroyed me. So the next morning, I go to the church and I find one of the pastors. And I sit and talk to him like, I... I feel horrible. He's like, what happened? I said, like, I offended this girl. Her mom called me. They hate me. It's just awful. And um, he's like, well, what did you speak on? So I told him. And I, he said, well, did, was it from the Bible? And I said, well, yeah, it was all biblical. And he said, were you mean about it? And I said, well, no, I wasn't mean. And I'll never forget. He put his arm around me and he said, you did good. You did good. Because sometimes the Bible will offend people. Sometimes the truth of God's word will offend people. Our, our job is to give it in love, give the truth in love. He said, but you did good, and you keep giving people biblical truths. You keep giving people God's word, and God will bless you for it. And those words were like refreshing water. I was thirsty. I was dry. I was torn up inside. And those words that he gave me, they were like refreshing water in that moment, and I needed that. And our words should be the same way. You know, our tongue, remember, it's a gift from God. Are we using it as a gift? Is it like gold and silver to people? Are we crafting our words? Is it like refreshing water? Here's, here's the third thing. My words should be like sweet food. It's in your notes. Like sweet food. Let's turn to Proverbs chapter 16. Give you a moment there. Proverbs chapter 16. And we're going to look at verse 24. 
My words should be like sweet food. He says this, pleasant words are like honeycomb, sweetness to the soul and health to the bones. How many like sweet food? Just raise a hand. Yeah, I admit it. I like sweet food. I like sweets. How many, let's be a little more specific. How many like chocolate? That's, that's my vice, everyone. And to be real specific, my vice is chocolate chip cookies. Hot out of the oven, cold glass of milk. Anybody with me? Can I get an amen this morning? Yeah. That's my vice. And it's funny how just a plate of chocolate chip cookies can turn a situation around for me. Put me in a good mood. We were, we were, uh, we were on vacation this summer, and uh, we have a cousin who is mentally handicapped, and she, she's 16 years old, but she kind of has the mind of a second grader, and so at times she'll throw fits, you know, while we're out in public, and um, we were at a restaurant, and she threw a tantrum, and she was real upset, and we saw a candy machine at the front of the restaurant, so we gave her a quarter, she went and got a piece of candy, she was like, ah, oh, she came back all, all happy and nice. It's, it's funny how sweets can turn a situation around, you think about it, and you know what, think about your words. You know, we have, we have a lot of power in our tongue, in our words. It's a gift from God, and it can be so refreshing to people. I mean, it can turn a situation around. It can be like gold and silver, refreshing water. It can be like sweet food. We have that kind of power, and we can make them a gift, and they should be a gift because they are a gift from God. So I'm going to put this on the screen this morning, this question, and you can write it down, take a picture of it, something. Ask yourself this question. How have I been using the gift of words that God has given me? Think about that. How have I been using the gift of words that God has given me? My tongue is a gift. It's powerful. Solomon says it has the power of life and it has the power of death. It's a gift. May we use it as a gift to others. Here's the second thing this morning. It's a gift from God, but my tongue can be a curse. My tongue can be a curse. That's number two this morning. How many would say amen to that? You understand? Yeah. My tongue can be a curse. It can cause problems. Maybe some of you in this room have your, your words have caused some problems for you. Maybe in the not too distant past, our words can get us in trouble. How many have ever been cursed by your words, by your own words? All right, yeah, a lot of hands. How many have cursed this week? I, I'm just, don't please, I'm just kidding. No. I remember, uh, any parents in the room, you, if, you probably remember the moment that your kid said his first bad word. My son Josh, he was in first grade, and he came home from school, first day of first grade, and we played Mario Kart in our house. So we're playing Mario Kart. We're really getting into it. My son is talking a lot of trash to the Mario Kart game. He's really getting into it. And then he said it. And when I say it, I mean the word. And when I say the word, I mean the word, the ultimate word, the bomb. The F, dash, dash, dash word and you know being a godly father that I am I died laughing on the inside <laughs> it's horrible but I did and and I asked my son the question that we all ask our kids when they say something bad what is that one question 
where did you hear that? Where did you hear that? And my son said, well, I heard it from mom. And I went, oh. <laughs> that made sense at that moment. No, I'm just kidding. But our words, man, they can get us in trouble, can't they? They're a gift from God. The tongue is a gift from God, but it can also be a curse if we're not, in tro- if we're not careful. It, it, it can not only cause problems for us, but you know what? It can cause problems for other people, too, if we're not careful. And so on this point, I want to give you three things, three ways our tongue can be a curse to us and, the, and to others. The first way is when I lie. This is in your notes. My tongue can be a curse when I lie, when I lie. Let's turn to Proverbs chapter 12. Proverbs chapter 12. You'll turn there. Verse 22. And Solomon says this. Lying lips are an abomination to the Lord, but those who, do, who deal truthfully are his delight. Lying hurts. You've probably been lied to. It hurts. And you've probably been lied about. It hurts. Lying hurts. And you know what? When we lie, we hurt others. You know, there's little lies we can tell, right? Diet starts Monday. Give me your number and the doctor will call you right back. I promise. The, your luggage isn't lost. It's just misplaced. Leave your resume and we'll keep it on file. Or parents, this hurts me more than it hurts you. Or this one, sticks and stones will break my bones, but how many of you have ever been hurt by words? We can be hurt by words and by a lie. And when we lie, we can hurt others. Years ago, I had a, a friend who I thought was a good friend, and uh, I went, he was teaching a class, I went to the class, and as he was teaching, he, uh, he said this quote, and I, I thought, man, that's, that's really profound. And I wrote that down. I wrote that quote down. I was like, that's amazing. So I went up to my friend later on, and I said, hey, where did you get that quote? And he, I, I said, where did you read that? Or, did you hear that from somebody? Or, that's, that's amazing. That's what really made me think. And he said, oh, it's mine. I said, oh, wow, okay, well, that's amazing. Thanks for, thanks for sharing that. Well, the next week, I started reading a book that he had read. And uh, I got to about page three in the book, and there, there it was, the quote. I came across the quote, and I had to confront him, and I had to go to him and say, you know, why'd you lie to me? And it really hurt our friendship. We really didn't recover. We weren't real tight after that. Lying can really hurt. You know, we, our tongue is powerful, and when we lie, it can be a curse. It can really hurt people and hurt ourselves as well. It can cause some major, major damage. So our tongue can be a curse when I lie. But also, my tongue can be a curse when I gossip. That's the next thing. When I gossip. Let's turn to another scripture. Just, just back a little bit. Proverbs chapter 11. Proverbs chapter 11. And we're going to look at verse 13. And it says this. A talebearer, which is gossip, reveals secrets. But he who is of a faithful spirit conceals a manner. I like how the New Living Translation says, we'll put this on the screen. A gossip goes around telling secrets, but those who are trustworthy can keep a confidence. If you've ever had a rumor spread about you, or someone's gossiped about you, you know that hurts. Just shake your head yes if you've been hurt by that. Yeah, absolutely. 
When you, and when we gossip, when my tongue gets me in trouble and gossips about someone else or carries out gossip, then my tongue can be a curse, not only to others, but myself. When we gossip, you know, it used to be, you know, gossip happened on the phone or uh, just in little conversations. Did you hear about so-and-so? I, I didn't talk to them directly, but I heard that they... And that's the way things used to happen. Now we have this wonderful thing called Facebook. And I'm appalled at the amount of gossip that happens on Facebook. I mean, you know how, you know how gossip is spread on Facebook? Mostly by sharing articles. It's amazing how quickly we share an article we have no idea if it's truth or a lie. I don't know what to believe on Facebook anymore. I see an article and I'm like, I don't even know if that's true or not. It's crazy, but we do that. How many would, just by a big amen, would agree with me when I say this? Not everything on the internet is true. <laughs> we need to be careful. I think Abraham Lincoln said it the best. We'll put it up there. Don't believe everything you read on the internet just because there's a picture and a quote next to it. <laughs> But in all seriousness, listen, Christians, let me talk to Christians a little bit here. We need to be careful on Facebook, everybody. It's, it's really becoming a curse to the Christ, Christian faith. I'm, I'm going to be real, real with you right now. I'm going to get on a soapbox a little bit. I love Jesus Christ with all of my heart, but I'm not a big fan of Christian culture. There's a lot of messed up stuff that's going on, and I think Facebook is becoming a tool for that. Christians, let me challenge you. Orchard Church, let's challenge ourselves a little bit. Be careful on Facebook. I mean, let's represent our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, in an honorable way. Let's not gossip. Let's not share articles. Let's not talk about this person just because I don't like their stance on this. Because when we, when we do that, when we gossip, our tongue can be a curse, even on Facebook. We've got to be careful with that. So our tongue can be a curse when we lie and when we gossip. But also, here's the next thing. My tongue can be a curse when I'm angry. <laughs> when I'm angry. Let's turn to Proverbs chapter 29. Proverbs chapter 29. Chapter 29, and we're going to look at verse 22. And it says this. An angry man stirs up strife. And a furious man abounds in transgression. We can cause a lot of damage when we're angry. Amen? I mean, when we are angry, we're, we can be in a bad place and we can say some things that we wish we did, wouldn't have said. Our tongue can be out of control when we're angry. And we, our tongue can be a curse, not only to others, but to ourselves uh, when I'm angry. Benjamin Franklin said this, anger is never without a reason, but seldom with a good one. And we need to be very very careful. If you've ever said anything out of anger, you can think back to that moment and thought, man, I wish I hadn't said that. I wish I would have just shut up at that moment and just walked away. But when, we're, when I'm angry, I can say some things I'm going to regret. And my tongue can be a curse. I was 10 years old. This is my earliest memory of, <laughs> of a big regret. 10 years old, I am uh, mad at my mom because my mom wouldn't let me do something. I don't even remember what it was, but I was so angry. 
And I got so angry that I looked at her in her face and I said, I hate you. Just like that. And when I said that, I realized that it made a colossal mistake because fire started coming out of her eyes. <laughs> and she reared back full swing and she slapped me as hard as she could across the face. Now, I don't condone that as a discipline measure, but I never said that again. <laughs> we got to be careful with our anger. We were both angry at that moment. We need to think back a couple weeks when Pastor Doug was talking about making sure we're not angry when we discipline our kids. You know, when we're angry, we can be out of control. And our words can get us in a lot of trouble. James 1 says this, be slow to speak and slow to get angry. Are we slow on those things? Are we slow to speak? Are we slow to get angry? Because our tongue is a gift. That means it's a responsibility. We're to be good stewards of, our, of the words that we say. It's a gift from God that he's put in our, our laps to manage. The words that we say, are we, is our tongue a gift to others? Or can it be a curse sometimes? Are we lying? Have we gossiped? Do we get angry? We need to be careful because the tongue can be a problem. It can be a curse. It's a gift, but it can also be a curse. We need to be careful of that. So it's a gift, and it can be a curse. Now, here's number three this morning, and this is the, great, the good one. My tongue can be a blessing. My tongue can be a blessing. It can be a curse, but it can be a blessing. James 3.10 says this. I'll put it on the screen. Help me out, church. Out of the same mouth proceed what? Blessing and and cursing out of the same mouth, James said. That's powerful. There's power in the tongue because we have, we have the power of life and the power of death. We, we have the capability of blessing and cursing out of the same mouth with the same tongue. The tongue is powerful. Which one are we? Are we blessing? Are we more cursing? By the power of God, let me, let me hear me this morning. By the power of God and by the power of the Holy Spirit, listen, church, we can be a blessing just by our words in a cursed world. We can be a blessing. And we can be a blessing in just three ways I'm going to give you here in your notes. And the first way is this, when my words bring peace. When my words bring peace. When they bring peace. If you will, turn to chapter, or, uh, Proverbs chapter 15. In this verse... I have hidden in my heart, big time. And it's helped me a lot in several different ways. But it's Proverbs chapter 15, verse 1. Underline it, remember it, take a screenshot, do something. Put it on Facebook. <laughs> verse 1, it says this. A soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Which one are you? I have to ask myself, which one am I most of the time? Do I have soft words or am I harsh? This verse, <laughs> when I think about this verse, I think of when I first got in ministry. I was 24 years old and the pastor hired me in a, in a smaller church in Illinois. And he, his words were, Gary, we want you to come in here and rock it out. Why don't you change the music up for us? I'm like, okay. So I'm 24. I'm like, all right, let's do this. So I get in there and I rock it out. And I get off the stage and then I end up talking to some people that weren't so happy with me rocking it out. 
I remember an elderly lady came up to me uh, one of my first Sundays. I'd come off the stage, and she looked at me, and she was harsh. And she said, it's too loud. You need to turn it down. And I'm thinking, who are you? <laughs> first of all, but I'm 24. I'm young. I'm dumb. And I look at her in the face, and I say, well, that's too bad. You're just going to have to deal with it. Needless to say, <laughs> that did not bring peace in that situation, okay? Didn't go very well. Well, fast forward a few years, I moved to Florida. Another church hires me, same situation. I want you to come in here, I want you to rock it out, Gary. Everybody wants me to rock it out. So I go, go in this church, we rock it out. I go off the stage, same thing. Same thing, I walk up stage as an elderly lady. Always the elderly ladies. I don't know. Elderly lady comes up to me, and I made the. I, the other thing I've learned with this is uh, I learned not to say hi too much, and not not in our church. Our church is wonderful. I try to say hi to everybody, but the that kind of church where things were transitioning, I learned not to say hi too much because that would get me in trouble right there. Just saying hi, how are you today? And I made that mistake. I walked by this lady. And I say, hey, hi, how are you today? And she goes, same thing. She goes off on me. It's too loud. You need to turn it down. Then I remember Proverbs 15.1. I was like, I'm going to try this out. And I put my arm around this lady. And I look at her. And I said, I'm so sorry that you feel this way. Just in a real soft manner. And you know what? She melted. You know, she, not physically, but she... <laughs> I'll leave that alone. But, you know, emotionally she melted and, you know, and it brought peace in that situation. As opposed to the harsh words that can stir up anger and strife. You know, society tells us to fight. Fight. Fight for your rights. Fight and win every argument. So you win and they lose. You're right, they're wrong. You know what godly wisdom says? You need to seek wisdom for a win-win situation that brings unity, that brings peace. Because those are, that's a fruit of the Spirit right there. Last time I checked my Bible, God said he'd fight my battles for me. Last time I checked my Bible, God is my victor. I don't need to destroy people. I don't need to win every argument. I need to seek Godly wisdom and peace. And my words can do that. They have that kind of power. Uh, I love what Pastor Doug said. He told me this uh, this week. He says, you know, he said it many times. You have two pails going into a fire. You have water or you have gasoline and one in the other pail. It's up to you which one you use. You know, water's going to put it out and distinguish the situation, but the gas is going to inflame it. And we have that kind of choice and that kind of power just with our, our words, our tongue. It can be a blessing. It's a gift from God. Let's make it a blessing. And it's a blessing when our words bring peace, when it brings peace. Here's the, here's the other thing. It's a blessing when uh, my words restore, when, when it restores. If you will, turn to Proverbs chapter 25. Proverbs 25. And look at verse 12. We're going to read this. We've already read this this morning. Verse 12 
says this in chapter 25, verse 12. Like an earring of gold and an ornament of fine gold is a wise rebuker to an obedient ear. A wise rebuker. We can be a blessing by being a rebuker. And this helps us restore people. A rebuker is someone who corrects a situation or brings maybe some hard truths at times. It's not easy to rebuke those who have fallen and, and, and made mistakes and, and are committing errors and sins in their life. But we have a biblical responsibility to do that. Uh, Galatians 6, verse 1, this will be on the screen. It says, brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should what, church? Restore that person, what, gently? Gently. You know, when we rebuke someone, when we're a wise rebuker, we're really leading them to restoration if we do it right. Through the power of God's word and the power of his Holy Spirit. We rebuke someone. We correct someone. Give some people some hard truths. You know, the truth hurts, right? Amen? Sometimes the truth can hurt at times. The truth can offend. But we're told that we're supposed to give it. We're supposed to, to restore people gently. To help them. Not hurt them. It's like a doctor who sets a broken bone back in place. You know, it's painful at, per- at first. Right? And that's how those words, those truths can feel at times, but it's healing in the process, in the long run. And as, as, as people of God, we have the responsibility to restore. Our words can do that. We can help people and correct people. It's the same with correction and restoration, that, that, the same with the broken bones. It can be it's painful at first, but it'll be healing in the long run. It's, you know, true friends tell you truths. Amen, church? Truth, truth. That, that's when you know they're true friends, when they say, hey, you got something on your face right there, you know. Or your zipper's down, you need to help fix that. Those are true friends that don't let you walk around looking like an idiot, right? <laughs> Those are true friends. But true friends also tell you serious stuff too. Like, hey, you're neglecting your family. Hey, you're flirting with that lady over there and you're playing with fire right now. Hey, you're on Facebook too much. <laughs> and true friends do that for you. They give you truths. And that's how they become a blessing. You know, when we do that for people that we love and people we call friends, we're a blessing to them. We give them truths that they need to hear at the time and we rebuke them and help them come to restoration. Um, In Florida, my pastor's name was Pastor Branch. I experienced this with him one time. I went to a staff meeting one morning and I was in a rotten mood. (laughs) I was just had an attitude. Something was in my crawl. And I went into that meeting, and, and I was just like, just a bad apple in that meeting. How many, if, if, if you've ever run a staff meeting, you know it just takes one person. You know, you can feel the energy that that person brings. And I was that person that day. And I left that meeting, and the Holy Spirit convicted me about it. I was like, I need to go apologize. So I went to the pastor's office. I was like, hey, listen, I'm, I'm really sorry. I, sh- I shouldn't have acted that way. I had a bad attitude. And I just want to tell you I'm really sorry. And I thought he was going to be like, it's, it's okay. Thanks. Thanks for apologizing. Appreciate it. But he, he looked across at me and pointed his finger at me. He's like, don't you ever do that again. Don't you ever bring that attitude into my meeting again. And I was taken aback. But you know what? I need to hear that. He was being a friend to me at that moment. He was being a wise rebuker. Taking me ultimately to restoration. And we have that power. To be a blessing. Our tongue has the power to be a blessing. Not only to bring peace, but to restore people just with our words. It's amazing power. Here's the third thing. Uh, My tongue can be a blessing when my words encourage. 
when my words encourage. Let's turn over to your left there to Proverbs chapter 12. Go ahead and turn there for me. Proverbs chapter 12. And we're going to look at uh, verse 25. Proverbs 12, 25. And it says this. Solomon says, Anxiety in the heart of man causes depression. But a good word makes it glad. The New Living Translation, I'll put that on the screen. I love how it says, it says, Worry weighs a person down, but an encouraging word cheers a person up. Mark Twain said this, I can live for two months on a good compliment. (laughs) That's amazing power when you think about it. The power to encourage. That's what we have with our words. The power to be a blessing and the power to encourage. Are you, have you, have you encouraged someone lately? You know, we all love to be encouraged. My daughter, she's seven years old. She came up to me recently. She said, hey, dad, you know who my favorite music artist is? And I said, who? She said, you. And I'm just soaking that in right now. I'm keeping it because I know Taylor Swift is on my, you know, she's, she's coming. Encouragement, man. We have an amazing power just in a word to make or break someone's day. Isn't that something? Just in a word. We can make someone's day with an encouraging word to be a blessing. You know, I think about discipleship and our discipleship process here at Orchard Church. Man, when that is done correctly, that's a great picture of what we just talked about. It's a blessing to people's lives. Using our words to be an encouragement, to give people truths at times. To bring peace to situation. That's, that's a great, great picture of the way discipleship should look, should look like. It's an encouragement. If you haven't been discipled, I want to encourage you to do that. You can fill it out on your connection card today. Or, or you can go to our website. There's, a, there's an online survey you can take on our website to fill out for discipleship. Maybe you are, are a discipler and you disciple other people. I just want to stop and say thank you. Thanks for, thanks for investing in others' lives. Right now, we have right around 200 people in our discipleship process. Amazing stuff. It's, it's over doubled in the last year. God is doing amazing work in that. So I want to encourage you to do that. And if you're discipling someone, thank you. K- keep doing it. That's the great commission. You're, you're being a blessing to people. We re- recently had a uh, training class. I wanted to put the picture of our recent class up there. These are people who said, I want to be a blessing. These are people who said, I want to disciple and invest in others. I think we should give them a hand this morning, all right? Let's celebrate that. Listen, be an encouragement. Be an encourager. That's amazing power. You can make someone's day. Be an encouragement in our church with the people around you. I mean, even today, you might be able to, before you leave today, you may be able to make someone's day just just by a word. It's powerful stuff. Let me, let me do this, because Doug's not on the stage today, and he's not even here in the service. Uh, I've been in ministry for a while. I've been in church my whole life. I can tell you this with some pretty strong confidence. Pastors don't get a lot of encouragement. I'm going to be honest with you. They don't. Um, you are in a very encouraging church, for sure. But I, I, on, on a whole, they don't get a ton of encouragement. I want to just tell you just... <laughs> I have the microphone today, so I just want to take this moment to say, man, encourage our pastor. You know, I have people come up to me all the time, man, I love Pastor, Brand- or pastor Doug's speaking, man, I love his messages, and I'm like, have you told him? And they're like, no. I'm like, well, you need to go tell him. Don't tell me, tell him. You know, we think, I think we think good things, but when we think something good, we need to say it. 
And when we think, when we think of encouraging thoughts, you know, we need to encourage our pastor. Um, he's a courageous leader, I'll tell you that. Uh, and he loves God, and he not only loves God, but he loves us as a church. And uh, he's, he's faithful in what he's been doing for, all, for 10 years here at Orchard Church. And uh, just give him a, a word of encouragement. I want to challenge you to do that this week. And I think we just celebrate our pastor this morning. He's great. Amazing guy. Thanks for also uh, helping me brown nose this morning. Hopefully he watches the recording of this. <laughs> you know, we have amazing power with our tongue. We can encourage. Just one word can make someone's day. We can be an encouragement. In all that we do and all that we say, we have that power. Our tongue has the power to be a blessing or a curse. But one thing we need to remember is that our tongue is a gift from God. And anything that God has given us, we need to be good stewards with. God has given us a tongue to speak. Maybe we be good stewards of our words. James 3 says this. We'll read it again. It'll be on the screen. Out of the same mouth, help me out, church. Mouth proceed what? Blessing and curse. And then our key text today, Proverbs 18. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. I want everybody to say this phrase. I have the power. power. We have the power. We really have the power. The power to be a blessing or a curse in the words that we say. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Church, let's choose life. Let's choose to be a blessing and a gift for the glory of God. Let's bow our heads this morning. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the truths of it. We thank you for the purity of it this morning. God, I've said a lot of things, but I pray that everything is washed away but your word. I pray that your word is ingrained on our hearts as we leave this place today. We thank you, God, for your powerful, powerful word. May we be a blessing, Lord. Maybe we be a blessing. With every head bowed still and every eye closed, maybe you're here this morning and you heard this message and it hit home. Maybe you have some things that you've said that you regret recently. Things you can't take back. And you need God's help. You need God's power to help you with your words and things that you say. If that's you this morning, just raise your hand and say, that's me. I just want to pray for you this morning. That's me. Hands up all over the place. Let me pray for you. God, I thank you first of all, Lord, that these people have raised their hand and surrender today to say, God, I need your help. Lord, I pray for them. I pray that you give them the power of your Holy Spirit. Give them, make them a blessing, Lord, in the things that they say, and less of a curse. God, we need your help. We all do. In the words that we say, God, maybe a blessing. With heads still bowed and eyes still closed, you may be here this morning, and you have never had the power of God in your life. You've never had the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. You've never called Jesus Lord. You've never said that word, that's, that name that's above all name, the most powerful word you could say, Jesus. Jesus. If that's you this morning and, and you realize you've never accepted Jesus as your Savior, you've been running, but you're searching. There's a void you're trying to fill with other things. But let me tell you this morning, Jesus is the only one that can fill that hole. He's the only one that can satisfy you 100%. And you can accept him into your life as your savior right now, 
as we pray together. And all you have to do is just pray these powerful words from your heart to God's heart. The power is not in the prayer. The power is in your heart connecting to God and asking for Jesus to save you. So if that's you this morning, just pray this prayer after me. It's real simple. It goes like this. Dear Jesus, I surrender to you. I need your power in my life. I believe in you. I believe that you died for me, that you rose again, and that you reign in eternity forever. Jesus, reign in my life. Be the king of my life. Be the Lord of my life. Forgive me of my sins and save me. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. With every head bowed and every eye closed. If that's you this morning, you said, I finally accepted Jesus as my Savior. I surrendered my heart to him. If that's you, would you just raise your hand? I want to pray for you. And we want to follow up with you. We want to help you out in that journey. Amen. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. If you accepted Jesus, just raise your hand. Amen. Amen. God, we thank you for your power. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your mighty acts that you do amongst us, Lord. Thank you for your presence, and thank you for your promise. Lord, may we apply it to our life. May we be a blessing, not only to our world, but ultimately may we be a blessing to you, God. May our lives, may our words bring you glory, honor, and praise. And all God's people said, amen. Can we celebrate what God's done today? Amen. If you accepted Jesus as your Savior, we want to know about that. We want to help you with that journey. It's only the beginning. So if you will, just fill out your connection card. Put that in the offering bucket. Let us know about that. Also, if this is your first time with us, again, make sure to fill out the connection card. We just want to follow up with you. Next two weeks, Pastor Doug will be back up here bringing some really cool, a two-week kind of mini-series on finances from the book of Proverbs. You don't want to miss it. This is really going to be good stuff that you'll be able to apply to your life and your finances. So make sure... Uh, you're here for that in the next couple weeks. Also, this week, be in prayer for our student ministry, Fuel Student Ministry, our middle school and high school. They're going to student camp. They've got around 30 kids going. Very exciting stuff, and uh, we appreciate all the leadership and all the leaders that are taking them. Also, we want to thank you as a church for giving, because without us even asking, uh, people in our church gave around $1,800 just to help kids go to camp. We didn't even ask for it. It just came in. I think we need to celebrate that this morning. Amazing. Thank you. And what you've shown is what we're about. We want to be a church that's giving. A church that gives first, saves second, and lives on the rest. Man, that, just that principle right there. We just apply it to our life. Give first, save second, live on the rest. And you guys are amazing examples of that. Thank you for your giving hearts this morning. Let's stand and worship this morning with our gifts with a song.